So hello and welcome back to the Champion League podcast, another episode, a fourth episode for the season. We look ahead to Cheltenham's open meeting and lads, what a fantastic weekend's race. And of course, we've punches down on Sunday as well, the Marciana Hurdle. I'm joined by Ronan Groom, Andrew Blair White and Mr. Mike Vince, of course, fresh from a day where he was glued to the TV screens watching Cabaret Queen at Clomel. Mike, I think it's a case of we live to fight another day. Yeah, I think it'll take some hours to clear the mud off her hoofs, I think. Uh, very, very testing. She just, in the end, I think it was quite significant that the two horses that won the two big races at Clonmel were the two core specialists, Shattered Love. I mean, she's three from three. She's a Cheltenham Festival winner. I still think she ran a half-decent race against Shattered Love. And also, um, Buckerson, as well as a, a horse that loves the place. Um, wind and rain, just one of those days, but she's fine. I and mean, she's more than paid for a day out. Um, and I'll await the smoke signals emerging from Clusutton in due course uh, about what happens next. Maybe that two and a half is a bit short for her as well, but we will see. Um, but you know, because just want one more phone call, and that is the morning after call to say that she's fine and well, and we'll take it from there. Lads, coming up on the show this week, of course, special guest with Gavin Sheen. We were lucky enough to speak to, to Gavin. Uh, obviously, a, fa- a fabulous book of rides. Gavin just back from injury himself. Cork native rides Simply the Bets and Rouge Viv. How exciting is that this weekend, of course, in the in the slower chase? Let's hear from Gavin Sheen. So delighted to be joined on the Champion podcast by a retained rider for Andrew and Kate Brooks, County Cork native, Mr. Gavin Sheen. You're very welcome to the Champion podcast. Thanks very much. Glad to be on. And Gavin, I first of all, to be rude not to mention Cork's dramatic victory as it was over Kerry last weekend. A winning goal, literally with the last kick of the ball. I'd say that lifted your spirits. Oh, it definitely did. Uh, we haven't beaten them in a while, have we? But uh, it, was, it was a good game. I didn't actually watch myself, but my father was telling me all about it. Uh, but yeah, I seen the last kick of the, kick of the game and fantastic high ball in. Um, supposed to be a fine probably but we take the goal <laughs> oh, always good for a Cork man to do a number on Kerry I suppose but Gavin back to the race and Gavin listen you broke your wrist back at, at Perth in September and I want to ask you first of all anyway how's the recovery gone and I presume it's all systems go for, for Cheltenham this weekend yeah um, yeah so I got a fall a couple of weeks ago um, seven weeks ago above a Perth and uh, I didn't know initially um it swelled up that night. I took X-rays. And, uh, it took a bit of. Well, I went and rode out probably about six days later, and I knew there was there was something not right. But I went in to the hand specialist, and he X-rayed it, got an MRI, and uh, yeah, he, he he basically delivered me bad news, and I was nearly crying when he was telling me how bad it was. Um, I was going to have screws in and wire. Um, that to me was just a whole season gone. I was thinking initially, but uh, t- time flies. The recovery has been coming on very well. Uh, got the wire out there the other day and more movement in my hand, more strength. I'll continue to go down to Oxy House and um, spend plenty of time down there and get my hand back better than ever. Look, you have a Mount Wharton book arrives this weekend. You know, we'll start with, with simply the bets. Uh, obviously, he won it last year's Cheltenham Festival, won the plate. He's set to make his reappearance in, in the Paddy Power Gold Cup. How how I suppose how is he coming into the race? Joe Quinton, he's assistant trainer. He um, he rides him out every day. 
and he's about 13 and a half stone. Um, but, <laughs> you know, he's he, he doing plenty of work with him. And I watched him work there the other day, and he looks fantastic. And Joe said that he, he, he felt better than he did uh, going into Chatham Festival. So that, uh, that says enough to me. Yeah, and ultimately, like, how far do you think he, he could go this year? Do you think he could be a grade one horse? To be honest, I, I, when I pull up after Chatham Festival winner, uh, I straight away was thinking to myself, this is this is going to be a great person. That's what I had in my head. Uh, you know, and, and now he's hopefully bigger and stronger. I, I think he could could be a great person. Yeah, I did read your comments actually just in, in your blog. Um, was Obviously, you, you reckon he's really strengthened up over the summer. Could be a different horse this year. I think he could be. Um, you know, like it... it to me, last year he was running over. He started off over two, and then when he stepped up to two and a half, he was better again. But he's a kind of horse that strikes to me that we could nearly go back. If he wins on Saturday, all going well, which would. Um, he's a horse to me that we, we could end up going for something like the Tingle Creek, um, go back down and trip. And then he's a horse that, you know, he could nearly step up to the to, to three mile and go for King George. Like he, that's if he wins on. Saturday, that that they're the kind of targets that you could set. But uh, I, I could see him going back in trip, and I could see him stepping up in trip. He's a very straightforward horse, and he's he's got plenty of class about him. Yeah, you mentioned stepping back in trip. Obviously, Rouge Viv uh, was it was was fancy by many. Uh, shrewd judges going into the Arkin last year, and obviously came out the last day at Cheltenham on, on his reappearance and and won off 156 uh, doing handstands. Surely to God, he's 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 just one step away now from becoming a real serious champion chase contender. Yeah, definitely. I was there that day, and to be honest with you, he kind of blew me away. Um, you know, I, I, that was a serious performance. I thought he jumped brilliant um, the whole ways. He was just uh, he, he was good the whole ways on it, and from turning on, from turning in, I thought he just stay at it, but he picked up and winged the second last, and he was just gone from the. Yeah, like you've rode him and, you, and you've rode St. Calvados, who we'll speak about in a moment, and you've also rode the, uh, sorry, simply the bets. In in your mind, do you think he could be the best of the three? He could be. I, like, I, I love Rouge Viff because, you know, like I, I, I ride him in the yard last year, I jumped the first two and I knew I was beat because it just wasn't going to ground. Um, but what I love about Rouge Viff is that he's just all heart. Like, he still stayed on to finish third and he ran a brilliant race, but uh, I knew myself the ground was kind of gone for me. Um, that's the only thing about him, um, which uh, he's all heart. St. Calvados is, has been a brilliant horse down through the years, and I think stepping up to three mile will be at his best. But simply the best bets, he, he just he, he seems like he's got the full package. He can go on any kind of ground. He loves Cheltenham, um, he's two from two around there, and yeah, he, he, he seems to me like he's got the full package, but he, he could be my favourite horse if he, if he goes ahead and performs like like I, I hope he does on um, Saturday. And just, just sticking with Rouge Viv just for one moment, because I know that people have mentioned about the ground for him, Gavin, and that he obviously would, would, would like it good. Like, But do you think at a Cheltenham Festival, if it was good to soft, like if soft was in the description, would you be, would you be anyway concerned? The better it is, I think, the better he could be. Um, but good, good soft to be fine all the same. Yeah. You know, like he was on the slow side of good the last day. And, you know, he, 
it didn't bother him. And if it was good to soft, he still would have won. Um, it's just when it, when it's soft, borderline going on to heavy, that's when it's it, it becomes a bit of a problem. Yeah, and St. Calvados, we just mentioned him a couple of moments ago. Obviously, he travelled so well, actually, in the Ryanair chase. And, you know, some might say he was maybe even unlucky not to beat Min on the day. Um, what sort of feel did he give you? Like the, I believe he might, he might start off in, in the Betfair chase, I thought I read, and maybe to go down the three-mile route. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I think he needs to step up and trip. I schooled him there this morning. Um, and like he's jumping more like a three-miler. He, he's just not as slick up over him. Now he's in front and he's not in the race mood um, because he's just up in front dawdling along. But I thought in the Ryanair, I promise you, I got some spin off him. He just jumped from fence to fence and he was quick and he travelled. The way he went down that hill, like, was just, I thought, oh, this lad just puts his head down and gallops all the way to the line, he wins. Um, but unfortunately, he just missed the last and then had to regather momentum and get going again and had to switch sides and things. Um, just got, you know, I, I, I didn't peg him back as, as quickly as I wanted. But um, I, I think step up and trip would be key to him. Um, I think he, he's done very well winning over two miles um, when he did. But two and a half was the, the making of him um, last season. And this season, I think the making of him would be three mile. Is the King George in the back of your mind? Yes, it is. Uh, that is the plan. I, I, I'm just not sure of the, the sharpness of the track, everything right-handed and things. He's um, he's gone right-handed before, but uh, he's. Um, I think I think we'll take another view after the the Bedford Bedford chase. That's his main aim. I, he's in great form. Um, he felt very good this morning. Um, I think that's a the, the, that's that's kind of our main main. main plan at the moment is the, the King George going to but uh, depending on what we do with the the um, simply the bets would be, be another thing yeah and just one horse just coming away I suppose slightly from, from Cheltenham and from, from, from the Brooks the Brooks uh, Battalion uh, yeah so go law like I know you have a, you have a strong relationship with Jamie Snowden he, he was a four year old that you also mentioned in your blog he won by 27 lengths uh, or Wincant on the last day he earned a couple of quotes, I think it was for the RSA chase. Do you think he could go down that route, or would you say that, that the lads might maybe mind him a little bit this season? Or How good is he? I don't know how good he is, to be honest with you. Um, like I, he, that was his, what, fifth run, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and he's after winning four. Um, and the time he got beat was, he wasn't long after coming up from France and tipped away around over hurdles. And he probably just wasn't himself. But this year, he, he, he he's a nice, strong horse. Um, he's jumping, he's been class. Uh, but for a four-year-old, still that little bit inexperienced in things. I I, 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 I don't know what red, what level he could reach, but he's uh, he, he, he's very excited anyway going forward. And I thought he was very impressive the other day. Um, I obviously rode him around front, well, first time over fences, and he didn't miss a beat the old ways. But he's one of those, like, as soon as they came to me, he was just gone himself without me even asking him. Um, I, I actually think to myself that he might 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 go for um, that two mile race at Sandown, the Henry the Eighth. Um, I think he might might go, might go there uh, for the Grade One. Um, uh, that's definitely a possibility. 
Um, but yeah, he, 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 whether 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 he does too much before telling him or not, because I think he'll, he'll need a little bit of a break if he goes for the Sandown race, um, just to get him back um, 100% and good and fresh and everything. Because he's mm. already after three mm. runs over fences now, and a lot of them horses aren't even after a run yet. Yeah, only a four-year-old as well, of course, but definitely an exciting horse, Gavin. And just one horse that impressed me when winning both times this year, and we didn't see him, I think it was for 550 days. I think the last time we saw him was in the Scottish uh, champion herd. Animoy. And he won twice this year over fences and over hurdles. He's rated 133 over both. How good do you think he is? Because I think he was only a, a, a baby before before he got injured. Would it be right in saying? He was, yeah. He beat Pim. Like, he won his bumper and then went up the air. But um, he beat Pim over hurdles. And obviously Pim turned out to be a nice horse. But that day I was just so clean. And I thought I was going to get stuffed. But he turned into the straight at Ascot and just took off like a fresh horse. And after that, I, I, I thought he... He was nearly my favourite horse. Um, it related to the Lawrence, uh, good flat horse, Carol Burks, but he, um, I love him. He's just got a lovely cruising speed. He, he, he's kind of, he's got a lot of things going from The only thing that he doesn't have going from is that he doesn't travel that well in his races. He's a bit workmanlike. Um, if mm-hmm. he travelled a little bit more on it, he'd be a lot better a horse. Um, he won well the other day over fences and I think we're going kind of going to go down that route now. Um, he schooled at home and he schooled well enough but he he didn't jump as well at home as what he did on the track the track he actually came alive a bit more which was brilliant um, but uh, I love he's a bit of a dude at home he's a bit of a character and things, and things but um, and I, I'm not sure Was it a serious issue Gavin that kept him off? Oh it was yeah he, he went for a big operation um, he had something twisted in his stomach um, his big operation he had, he had to long time off but um, I, 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 to be honest with you last year I was thinking or the year before I was thinking this could be a future champion hurdle horse but he just doesn't seem to travel well enough to do that but I think he's got all the ability in the world Yeah that's, in, that's interesting we'll take a couple of questions Gavin just from Twitter Shane O'Hanlon asks what's the plan for Dara Gianni? Yeah he um, won well above it Sedgefield he's a he's a very exciting horse uh, that was a, a breathtaking performance really for just a, a race around Sedgefield um, he's going to go hurling now um, Daryl Jeff has been doing a bit of schooling on him up over hurdles um, I'll probably school him there uh, next week uh, but he, he jumps well touch wood but he'll go hurling because he, he, he's, he's a bit older than what we a four year old um, he, he's a five year old if he was a four year old he'd probably stay down the bumper route but this is five year old we're going to go um, go hurling with him What, where he starts or where he goes I don't know Andrew Blair White asks about Damateur he said after his re- reappearance on the weekend what do you think of him and will the big stay in handicaps chases be the plan for him yeah Brendan Powell rode him around Sandown the other day he made a couple of mistakes but he's a bit like that um you know, he, he falls falls asleep in his race and just makes a couple of mistakes. He always lands out a bit in his head. Um, but he, he's a stronger horse this year, um, and he, he's probably going to have one more run before he goes for the national. I think that's the kind of race that just the, the speed, tempo, everything in that race just might play in his favour. Right? He's won around 
chips though already. Um, you know, see, he likes to try and handle the course very well, and the ground should be a bother for him. Brilliant. Potty Pacer asks, you've rode for plenty of trainers around the UK. When Nicky Henderson hands in his licence, who's going to challenge Paul Nichols? Dan Skelton's operation they've got a, such a big operation banging out winners all the time because of their operation the way they have the system going the only thing they need now is more bigger winners uh, to get the prize, lift up the prize money because they, they get a lot of winners through the year but just to lift up that prize money I, I think they need them better horses but he's definitely one that could challenge them Ollie Murphy has got a lot of seriously nice horses inside the yard um, very well bred horses and he's definitely a young trainer like on the up and he's just got a great system of training everything love the way he trains and he just keeps it simple but yeah he's won in a couple of years time that that, that will will be challenging for the, the title Chunister asks if you could ride any horse in training outside of the Brooks Whittington Alliance what would it be and why? There's plenty of them I'd like to ride, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the way Cernan went the, the, the other day um, in the Charlie Hall, he was jumping them fences like they were hurdles. Um, yeah. I was ready to chase her. He, he, he's probably the this, this standout horse um, of, the, of them all. He's the um, one to beat in the King George, isn't he? I think he is, yeah. Bar uh, St. Calvados. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think he is. He, he's just—he's got a lot of quality. But, but I was just amazed the way he was jumping down fences. He'd be jumping them like they were hurdles. Um, people worried worried about him staying and everything. I thought he was—I thought he was class. Brilliant stuff. And Gavin, listen, you rode seventy winners. Correct me now if I'm wrong on this last season and your best season to date in terms of prize money. What's the goal this season? Seventy-three was my best ever season. Um, don't know what I have in prize money. I'm not too bothered about prize money for myself. What I want this season, I'm probably not going to beat that tally because I've been out injured and COVID um, stopped us for a while. But now it's just a couple of graded winners, to be honest with you. Uh, big, big winners is what I want. I want a big winner Saturday. I want a big winner Sunday. And then the following week, I want another big winner. It's uh, it's big winners, hopefully, is, is what I want. Um and the bigger winners will hopefully put my name out there a little bit more and get more rides. And all I want is just winners, to be honest with you. Definitely in the hot seat this weekend, Gavin Sheen, a, a fabulous book of rides. And um, we're going to finally just ask you, if, if, for, for the champ that are you listeners, what's your one dark horse for the season? Maybe one that we might not have heard about. Um, you mentioned Dargiani. Um There's another one there called Quilla Smart that won at Mark Arezzi the other day. He um, spoke to David Bass after. David Bass was actually very taken by the horse. Um, I only rode him out once when he was down in great training with Christian Williams, but he, he looked very promising. Um, Kate and Andrew Brooks on him, but he, he looked very promising the other day. Brilliant stuff. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, Gavin Sheen, and I, I wish you the very best luck this week. And no doubt you'll be having plenty of Saturday winners as, as the season goes on. I'm sure we'll catch you at some stage between now and the end of the season. Thanks very much, Gavin. 
for sure. Keep your head down and keep kicking. <laughs> See you later. Cheers. Coming on to Saturday, 17 runners in the Paddy Power chase, the big one. Uh, of course, at 2.15, give you a show of betting here. Mr. Fisher, 9-2 for Nicky Henderson. He's been well supported this week. St. Sonny has been, long time, been a long-time fancy for this 9-2. Ran, of course, in the Marsh chase last year. Simply the bets, 9-2. Al Dancer, 15-2. Slatehouse, 9-1. Sarah Delac, who's having his first run for David Pipe, 10-1. Happy Diva, 11-1. Spirit of Games, 20-1. And it's 14-1 bar the rest of those. Andrew, I suppose a big weekend for yourself, anti-post-wise. Uh, simply the bets, of course, here. San Ra, latest exhibition. Gavin's words about Simply the Bets, of course, he could be the full package that must get you fairly excited ah yeah it does I'd, I'd loved this horse last year uh, he was possibly the only horse that kept winning for me on the eight points to play that we did uh, I won on him around two or three times I think and he was very good at Cheltenham now he does have to go and improve again this year if he wants to make up into a grade one horse he probably would want to be winning this race or certainly coming very close to winning it uh, if he's got a chance long-term in a Ryanair. Uh, I went a bit full circle on him. I thought at one stage his price was getting too short, but on further looking into the race, I do think he is the most likely winner. Uh, he's got that hardened handicap experience. He won on his reappearance last year, beating a Venetia Williams horse called Espoir de Guy, uh, who won a few handicaps as well. I think Mr. Fisher's a pretty good horse. He probably is better than this handicap mark, but I'd have it in my head that he might be a bit soft. Uh, he only wins in small uh, field races. <sighs> Both times he's been to Cheltenham. I know they have been the Supreme and the Marsh. He has been beaten. Uh, those are the only times he's come up against a field of, of kind of this type of size. So I'd just be a little bit dubious about him he potentially is better than this mark but i'd want to see it before i'd believe it uh and that come it just comes back to simply the bets i can't see this saint sonny like obviously the nichols team think he's very well handicapped but he's shown nothing to me that would suggest uh that he potentially is um uh, so i'd take the the wise call of simply the bets in this and if i was to maybe have an each way play at a bigger price i'd, I'd back happy diva who um came right behind him in the Brown Advisory. She's around 11 to 1. Uh, I think that that form could stand the test of time in this race. Well, you'll have to give us that promised version of Tina Turner, Simply the Best, if if Simply the Best comes in here. Ronan Groom, I want, again, an, an objective opinion on this one here, uh, non-biased. <laughs> uh, what way do you see the Paddy Power? Where is the value at this stage? Uh, it's an excellent race, Barry. It really is. It's one of my favourite races of the season. Um, I can see why the, the horses at the top of the market are there at the top of the market. They're like the second season horses or the coming horses. Mr. Fisher has only had four, three starts over fences and he obviously ran very well in the Marsh. St. Sonnet has only had two starts over fences for Paul Nicholas. Simply the bets has won four out of his five. They're the kind of coming horses, I guess. And, and in, in this race, you're always looking for the horse that might be the grade one horse that's running off a mark that is, is not a, you know, not a grade one mark now. So they're looking to take advantage. But the horse that's already won the grade one for me is the most interesting here. And I, I think he is underestimated in the market. And that's Slate House for uh, Colin Tizard and Robbie Power. Like if anyone 
everyone recalls this race last season. He was absolutely tanked into the race. Um, he was basically coming to win at second last. Now, obviously, you can't say for sure he was going to win, but he, he'd moved up right through the field for Robbie Power and just kind of silly kind of fall at the last. He crumpled and landing and fell. He's won twice since that. Uh, yeah, I think he won a race at um, Huntington, it was, and then went on and won the uh, the grade one call star at... Um, at at uh, Kempton on, on on St Stephen's day, that like that was a, that's obviously a Grade One win. You can call the race it kind of fell apart, but he beat Black off. But I thought he won kind of going away, he won snug enough that day, even though it was only a length at the end. Robbie Power was kind of just holding on to him at, at the end. They thought enough of him then to run him in the Cotswold Chase against senior horses like Santini, and he went off four to one for that. Like I, I think they were t- even talking about going for the Gold Cup. Like he's always been a really really well thought of horse i think he cost 350 grand or something silly like that tom malone bought him back in the day and he's he's always been this kind of hypey kind of a horse but he's in back in here off a mark of 152 that's just five pounds higher than he was last year when he was coming to win the race i think it's interesting that they come here straight away as well he won in the seasonal debut last year uh he hacked up over this sort of course and distance I'll take him at 10 to 1, 9 to 1, I think, in generally over the top three in the market any day of the week, to be honest. The other one I, I, I just wanted to flag up as, as an outsider to know was ASO. Uh, I think he's around 20 to 1. You'd probably get bigger on the day, definitely bigger on the exchanges because of his form figures. And he's a 10 year old, so he's like at the opposite side of the spectrum to most of these horses. But if you look at his Ryanair form over this sort of course and distance, like he was second to Rodon in a Ryan, Ryanair, he was third in another Ryanair, he won over this course and distance off this mark on New Year's Day in 2019. Look, I think he's another one that they've decided to come here first time up and he has a good record fresh as well. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ran a big race. He's he's 20 to 1 there now. on the day, but I, I'm all over the sleigh house. I, I think 10 to 1 is a... I wouldn't be surprised if he joined the joined the leaders at the top of the market come come the off time. So uh, sleigh house for me. All right, Ronan. You, you often talk about horses that are well found at the top of the market, and Mister Fisher saying Sane like obviously they have plenty to prove. He he's probably the the one there that's the, the least exposed. Saying Sane, simply the bets obviously a big hike in in, in the weights, but Mike. I think I have a feeling from speaking to you earlier on, we, we might be on the same page here. And, um, you know, the horse who won the plate two years ago and was, was coming definitely to make a challenge last year at the Cheltenham Festival uh, was, was Sarah Delac. Now, there's between himself and Simply the Bets, there's a good eight pound swing. Um, obviously, he, he tipped up, took a horror, horror fall, Sarah Delac. But he was definitely the one off 150 here. He's 10 to 1. The pipes obviously target this this meeting year in year out and traditionally would have had an awful lot of winners i believe you've been down to david pipes uh this week or was it the week before and would 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 you be keen on him here i would be keen i would be keen um with one large caveat i mean he led and he was still just about in front when he took that horrible heavy fall and you just do not quite know about how the horse is headed how he is mentally He's had his wind done since, and so often they do come fresh. And let's remember that not only did he win the plate in 2019, but he also won the handicap chase on trials day in January. So, he's, you know, his last two wins, his last two runs before that at Cheltenham, it ended up in the winner's enclosure. And I think at the age of seven, 
this is a race where they'll go from the front. I think if he's a double-figure price, he's a knocking good each way bet, and I can see him very much being involved in the finish. Um, but I also want to mention one other, which I thought uh, the fascinating one for me here is we've got John Joe O'Neill and senior and junior in different camps here. Uh, John Joe O'Neill Jr. riding Brillandas, who was second in the race last year. I don't think the ground is going to be anything like soft enough for what is JP's, I think I'm right in saying, only runner in the race. Um, but I can see the old man and Sky Pirate, um, who ran a decent race for me at Weatherby, and is around about 20 to 1 with 17. There were some decent each way prizes knocking about running a big race. He'll run into form. Of course, John Joe won it with the likes of Exotic Dancer. But for me, my two against the field will be Sewer Du Luck and the bottom one Sky Pirate each way. On to Sunday, lads, two twenty-five at Cheltenham. Of course, is the big race on the day. It's the it's the slower chase, uh, competitive race, lads. Put the kettle on, of course. Here, she's the two to one favoured Arkle winner, of course, last year. The Arkle third Rouge Viv, two to one. We spoke to Gavin Sheen, really likes him. Defi de Sol, uh, five to two. He's took a bit of a walk in the market. Duke de Genevres, who was the 2018 Arkle winner and hasn't really done much since. He's an eight to one shot. Riders on the storm, eight to one. Forrest Behan, 20 to one. Lads. Better the weekend in here. Rouge Viv. How impressive was he the last day? Andrew Blair White. Yeah, he was excellent. Um, he was, I, I wasn't sure whether Cheltenham was maybe his track up until that run. Uh, his runs at Cheltenham had been a little bit below par. Uh, he was well beat by putting the kettle on in the Oracle. Um, yeah. He would, he, as, as you know, Barry, he's not a horse I've ever particularly taken to. Uh, I would probably say he, he has the edge on put the kettle on in this actually just because he, he's gone and done it there at the October meeting and I've, I'm just I'm not sure because I'm not sure this walk in the market is, is this just going to be indicative that Deputy Soy isn't going to get declared um, otherwise I can't understand it at all uh, I'd have him much the best of these three. And you know, Barry, that I tried to take him on all of last year. Uh, but I think former beating under so, beating lost in translation as a novice is much better than these two have ever come up against. And the Hobbs' horses this week have seemed to have turned the corner. A few of them have run well. I saw he had another winner or two today. I just... I I would say perhaps that maybe the market drift is, is maybe he isn't going to run, but if he runs and he's at price, I can't understand it. I have him head and shoulders above these other two, I must say. Yeah, you make a good point that that's, you know, it, I suppose based on what he's done, you could you could only maybe assume that maybe he isn't going to take his chance here. Um, it is a bit of a strange one, but even even at the weights, like as it is, obviously Rouge Vivi's getting three pounds here from Defi de Sol. Like he, he wouldn't have a whole lot to find, and you know if the ground stays on the better side, if it doesn't turn up soft, Mike, uh, you'd, you'd have to think that Rouge Viv is going to take an awful lot of beating here. Yeah, I mean we are. I think we're all assuming that So Royal, who is still in the race, isn't going to go. I, I'm, I don't, I've heard of no plan B for Defi de Soy. I've got to say that. This has always been the target. Um, before I mention the one that I actually fancy, uh, I did catch up with Henry de Bromhead, who has got the Arca winner, put the kettle on, Aidan Coleman back on, uh, and these were his thoughts. 
Yeah, put the Catalans in great form. She's due to go over to Cheltenham for the Schlora Chase. She seems to love it over there. And um, so she's going over there this weekend. She's in mighty form, working well. So looking forward to that. How, how much is it important with March in mind that you get a run into a horse like that at Cheltenham? It's, it's it's nearly as much that she loves the place so much. Her form is really, you know, she's really progressed on her two runs there. So she seems to really enjoy it. And um, it's as much that as anything, um, to be honest. So, yeah, that, that's probably why. Um, I think um, I, I've loved Riders on the Storm. And remember, is a group one winner, won the bet for Ascot Chase last year. Um, fell when coming to challenge at the festival. The jumps are clear round. You would have no worries about that yard. It's been off 248 days. I think he's a big price. Um, Rouge Viv, yeah, he won top weight in a handicap. If he's going to be a, a serious contender for Champion Chase Honours, he has to win this. I think Riders on the Storm will beat him. Am I right in saying Mike Vince, you put him up for the novice handicap back in 20, 2018? Yep. Yeah, and had a hard race, it's of course, against... Had a hard race, of course, against uh, Surname last year prior to Cheltenham. I know Frank Hickey was absolutely all over riders on the storm for the rider. Chase, Ronan, how do you see this one going? Put the kettle on, the Irish angle. I've just never really been a fan, personally. What, what about you? Uh, you? You say that, and you're probably like a lot of people, Barry, because she just seems to be this underrated mare. It's probably because she ran during the summer last season, and... It was kind of like an afterthought for them to run in at this meeting and she won well and she beat al dancer which is one of the big fancy british uh, novice chasers at the start of the season and everyone just thought it was like oh god this is just poor british form the novice form how is this mayor who's been running during the summer in ireland beaten but she came back then and won the article and she jumped for fun that day it was an absolutely excellent performance and herself and backer do have pulled a gaping 18 lengths clear of Rouge Biff, you have to remember. I know you're saying Rouge Biff has the uh, the form in the book this season and, and has won well, but on that form, he has plenty to do to uh, to make it up or put the kettle on. I think she's well found in the market now, um, to be honest, but I am interested in her going forward for, for the champion chase. And obviously, if, if you say that, then you you um, you got to think she's, she's going to do it here. Domi... The only qualm I have is just that she's coming here on her first run of the season, whereas last season when she was coming into this meeting at Cheltenham, she was on the run of, you know, four or five wins. And no doubt that Henry will have her, her ready to roll, but um, maybe it is just a slight match fitness thing that, that might just catch her out. But I don't really see anyone going with her up front. Uh, so I think she can get her own way with Aidan Coleman again. And... I, I think she's the right favourite. I think she'd be hard to beat without without having a huge opinion on on the odds that of of, of having a bet. Obviously, if Defi Desol doesn't run, it's 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 going to be um, a softer race. But um, I think Put the Kettle on is the right favourite, even if he does even if he does run. Yeah, well, I have to say I, I really liked Rouge Viv after Warwick last season. I, you know, just thought his jumping. He was my article fancy, and just interesting listening to Gavin as well that. He knew after two or three fences that, you know, he wasn't going to win in, in, in his eyes. And, and and the big thing he thought he picked from took from the race was he just stayed galloping all the way. It was just the ground wasn't in his favour whatsoever. So 
Look, I mean, if you if you if you take with that, he's an improved horse this year, and obviously we saw him last time. Um, you know what he done to that field of of of, of good handicappers. You know, I, I don't think you could just put it down as a freak result. Like I think it has to be taken very very seriously. And and Rouge Viv, in my mind, wins this weekend, and I think he could may he, he may well develop up down Porsois leading. Um, rival this season. That's 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 certainly the way I see it going. Because I think definitely the Sol, even if he does go, I just think he needs to go up and trip. I just think his jumping, Andrew. I think you'd agree with me. Last year, we were saying that his jumping at two miles, when 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 push comes to shove, he's just not going to, you know, a championship level at Cheltenham, especially when Shaq and Burst was around. Uh, obviously, that never developed, but we'll see how that plays out. But certainly, I I would be having Rouge Vive over. The whole field there. I think he's my he's my bet of the weekend. Coming on to three o'clock at Cheltenham on Sunday. Of course, it's the Great Wood Hurdle, lads. You might remember my famous Harambe selection last year, Ronan Groom, big anti-post pick. He's in here again. He's actually sixteen to one shot uh, again this year. Edward Stone for Alan King is your five to one favoured. Also for Alan King, he of course has been long term, long time touted for this. Uh, Proschema is 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 eleven to two. Main fact six to one. Tyne White six to one. Tigrek is eight to one. Hunter's Call ten to one. Sabes <laughs> Seba Sapal is twelve to one. Strong Glance twelve to one. Stop laughing at me, Ronan Groom. Thinking twelve to one. Ballyandy is fourteen to one, and it's fourteen to one. The rest. Ronan Groom, dissect this big handicap. Yeah, it, it's it's not as good a race as the um, the chase that we just talked about on Saturday. It, it, you have only one horse rate, 154 in here, and it's uh, Bally Andy, like very well exposed at this stage. That said, I still think he could run okay, Bally Andy. He ran a cracker on a seasonal debut to So Royal, who obviously won at Winghampton and, and kind of upgraded that form. I wouldn't be surprised by Andy ran quite well again. He's obviously got course and distance form. Um, yeah, look, with that in mind, um, I'd be inclined to kind of look down the market here and just a bit disappointed with some of the prices. Like, I, I, the one that kind of came down on was uh, Hunter's Call um, for Ollie Murphy. Now, he's a 10-year-old, but he's an unexposed 10-year-old. And uh, I thought he ran an excellent fourth in the Galway Hurdle a race that probably wasn't run to suit. They went quite slow on the Galway hurdle this year. And if you remember, Aramon just kind of sprinted away from them late on. Uh, Aramon's a good grade one horse and would probably be a champion hurdle contender if he was didn't get injured um, after that. Um, and I just think Hunter's Call is interesting, especially for the, the jockey booking. Now, obviously, these bookings can kind of change because we don't have declarations yet. But Aidan Coleman, as it is at the moment, is, is declared to ride Hunter's Call. And he had a choice between another Ollie Murphy horse there called Strong Glance, who 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 uh, was second last time out in a good good handicap hurdle at Aintree, and Fergus Gregory's down to ride him. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, Hunter's Call, obviously, you remember he was Holly Murphy's first big winner. He won the uh, the race that used to be called the Ladbrook Hurdle at, at Ascot. Uh, he absolutely um, hosed home that day, but he just hasn't. He had a bad injury, a couple of injuries after that, and. Uh, he hasn't ran much, but he's a 10-year-old, and I think there could be a little bit of mileage in him off this mark of 137 in a race that I, I just not don't think it's as strong as, as the, the race we just talked about, the handicap chase. I think it's a lot more kind of an open-looking open, open looking contest. The other one I thought was interesting was the one you couldn't pronounce for love or money. That's uh, Sebastopol. 
or uh, let me just cut in there because you're going to steal my thunder because I'm going to say I don't pick horses on names because that was my selection and I couldn't even pronounce it yeah, well, that's, that's a start. You need to be able to pronounce it if you're going to. If you're going to call it. I was going to spell it, but I wasn't able to pronounce it. Sebastian, what was it? Pronounce Sebastopol. Sebastopol. Do you want me to make the case for it, or are you going to? You go, you, you, you go on ahead then, and uh, if I'm, I don't want to steal your thunder because I've given a selection already, but uh, I did like him, so uh, you, you take Sebastopol. Yeah, no, look at Ron. I just thought he was, he was, he was a. He was a good winner of a point-to-point, and he's quite lightly raced, isn't he, actually, in fairness? Uh, he's only had a couple of runs. And in, in the Scottish uh, County hurdle up at Musselburgh, I think he's, he's only got up... He, he actually didn't go up that much for, for that win. Uh, he's going to be better on better ground. It was interesting, actually, he was he was down to run against Kid Commando at Ascot two weeks ago. And... Obviously, we saw what he'd done, and it's interesting that they avoided that and came here. Tom Lacey did say that he is going to target some of the, the shorter distance handicaps. Uh, so, obviously, this was 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 on the radar for, for quite some time. 11 Stone, Johnny Burke, great form. And, of course, the stable as well last, last Sunday as well had a big winner. Well, not a big winner, but Admiral, of course, who ran in the champion in bumper last year. Uh, for the team, you know, so the team may be starting to to come into a small bit of form. It was nice to see them win a winner last week. 142, I think. I think you could achieve higher than that. The, the other one, actually, and, and uh, you know, you were going to mention too, but Harambe, obviously, like it was interesting last year when, when he won the Greatwood Hurdle. He won it off, I think, it was one three six. He's now gone up to 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 one four three. He had a run. He was brought down actually when he ran behind Pick Dory, the big handicap at at Newbury. But that was only that was really only his that was really only his his his, his only other run of the season last year. And obviously the season was cut short. So he had quite a light campaign last year. He's only gone up a few more points. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran a big race again. That's Harambe, sixteen to one now from twenty five. Bit of support for him, but uh, yeah, Sebastopol. There you go. That's my selection for, for, for the Greatwood Hurdle this year. 12 to 1. Mike Vince. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this race. I'm, I think that a lot of people will be desperately hoping that Ballyandy does turn out. Um, I don't think Main Fact will run. Uh, I didn't get the vibes positively about it. The reason, very simply, is once bottomless ground, got an entry at Haydock next weekend and back over two miles. I don't think he'll run. Um, and if Tudor City doesn't turn out, um, we could be looking at a considerable hike in the weights. That's the first thing to say. And obviously, we don't have the declarations until tomorrow. Uh, I mentioned a couple here. I actually think Prashim will run a huge race for the Skeletons. Good second at Weatherby on seasonal reappearance. But there are two others I, I need to mention. Brian Ellison's got an extraordinary record in this race with that horse called Nisha. And he won it with something else as well, the name of which I've forgotten. He's running the four-year-old Cormier, who's... Um, gone back-to-back wins, and he's put Danny McMenamin up on it rather than Brian Hughes, who rides uh, Balinska for uh, Evan Williams. Um, and I think that's interesting. And I am totally clueless, unless he's been taking lessons from Uncle Willie, and there's every chance he has been taking lessons from Uncle Willie, as to what you make of number 21 at the bottom of the list, the Shunter. 70-year-old of Emmett Mullins, and of course, anything Emmett's got a terrific record. He's obviously been at Willie, uh, Uncle Willie's after-school classes and learnt a lot. Horse that was third, uh, was fourth rather, 
in a grade three novice chase at Cork last time. Uh, can't speak to Will of Cork because it's under six feet of water at the moment. And, and Alan Corley's been booked for this for yonks. Uh, yes, are they exploiting a low handicap mark? I never ever has the Mullins done that before now. The shunter, have a look and see what you think on Sunday. Cornier as well, but I think Prashima will win. Andrew Blair White. Yeah, well, uh, the two I was I was looking at have already been mentioned. Uh, Ronan made a very good case for Hunter's call, and I'd uh, be backing up those sentiments. Uh, I think my only problem at the moment with Hunter's call is that Ollie Murphy's horses aren't running very well, and they're most notably not jumping very well, uh, as I've unfortunately burnt my fingers a few times over the last few weeks finding that out. Uh, but he, I think the fourth in the Galway hurdle is almost the best form on offer in a race like this. I think Aramon would win this. Um, so I think that's interesting. Aidan Coleman, I suspect, will ride it as he is jocked up to do so, which is good. And the other one was the shunter. Uh, I just think it is bizarre. Um, this horse was leading up into having seemingly a pretty nice season as a novice chaser. Uh, obviously ran a questionable race on his stable debut for Emmett Mullins that was well publicised uh, then hacked up in a maiden hurdle, hacked up in two chases uh, got beat around Cork and now he's running four furlongs down in, in a two mile handicap hurdle it's, it's almost too bizarre to not be interested in it uh, so I suspect uh, I, I'd have a, a little bit each way on him I think it's a fascinating runner as Mike alluded to between Emmett Mullins and Ronan McAnally, um, I think there was a couple of comments under where would John Bond be trained? <laughs> there was something like 40 likes under a comment for Ronan McAnally. Uh, I think he's... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, listen, lads, before we wrap up Cheltenham uh, this, this weekend, because we're going to come on to Punchestown briefly, Anything, Mike, I'll come to you. Is there anything else across all this? Some cracking novice chases. I think your one was entered there, the big breakaway. But anything, I suppose, novice chasers, anything in any other handicap, anything else at Cheltenham that you have your eye on? Yeah, the big breakaway is entered for the opening race on Sunday. They've actually done a good job. Sunday used to have basically uh, two main races, namely the Schler and the Greatwood, and not much else, to be blunt. They've improved the quality of the car because they've got that staying chase in there. Um, and the big breakaway is obviously of interest. But just remember, go back to 2015, and uh, Nicky Henderson had a double that day with Altior and Sprinter Sacra. So all you can say is watch whatever wins at Cheltenham on Sunday, put it in your notebooks with the uh, with the future. Remember, I, I still can't wait for the big breakaway to make his debut over fences. And of course, delighted that the, the Tizard team had a, a good day at Exeter in the week. Signs that, and, and Andrew, I think it was referring earlier to the fact that the Hobbs horses were starting to fire. While down in Dorset, things are starting to stir as well. Anything else, Ronan or Andrew, you want to mention for Cheltenham? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd give a quick mention there, Barry, to Kilfilm Cross. Uh, I think he'd go for that uh, staying chase that... Um, that uh, no, sorry, he runs on Saturday, doesn't he? Sorry. I thought he was in that long staying chase. He runs on Saturday in the, the three-mile one for a long staying chase. He's got excellent form at Cheltenham. He was second to Milan native. I think he was absolutely chucked in in the Kimura last season. Um, and uh, it's in the amateur riders race there. I think he should go well. Uh, and, yeah, that's the only one that caught my eye as of yet. 
Yeah, I, I just had the one um, that I think actually he's a short price, but I think he's a big price, if that makes any sense. In the Supreme Novice trial on Sunday, uh, you can still get six to four for third time lucky. I uh, can't understand based off the opposition he's coming up against how this horse isn't one to two. Um, it's a very, very average grade two race. Uh, I think there all the signs is that he will run and I'd be sco- I've scooped up six to four myself. I think it's a massive price. I think he's far too good for the field. We're gonna come on to punches town now. We might as well in you doubling them up with latest exhibition in the Florida Burl. Florida Pearl. Uh, I'm not sure he's he's opened up four to six for the Florida Pearl, which is a fairly mucky price. I wouldn't be uh, overly involved in that. Look, I re- really, really hope this horse wins. Um, as as you well know, Barry, I'm, I love this horse. I love Paul Nolan. Um, and he did a really nicely on his chase debut. He's a real old-fashioned chaser, uh, old-fashioned three-mile slogger. He only does enough. Uh, his jumping kind of got better as things went on. Uh, I think that beginners was fairly strong for the time of year, and hopefully he takes that next step forward. I I assume this is this has been obviously the target since then. Then probably step onto the three mile grade one around Christmas at Leopardstown, uh, in store, and and then maybe straight to the RSA after that. But uh, I'd be I'd be more hoping he could be advertising my uh, anti post price on him uh, rather than actually getting stuck in at four to six. Fair enough, Ronan. One of your favourites to see is entered here. Just moving through the card on Sunday at Punchestown, Ellie May. Yeah, a uh, huge fan of hers. Um, I thought she was excellent last season. Um, I, I, I'd be interested in her as well. Now that they have a mayor's chase, that uh, she'd be top of my list uh, for things like that. Uh, she, it was interesting that they decided to dodge. I, I think they called her year after she won last season. Um, uh, in Turles, I think it was uh, that grade two chase um, they weren't going to go to Cheltenham or Aintree or Punchstown, they, they kept her back for this year, she's a six year old now and when you think she's like rated 140, I think she's uh, she'd be interesting in something like a handicap chase off that mark, like one of the like the something like the, the Paddy Power or, or whatever, but um, I think she could rank really highly this season so I'll be watching her if she's declared for the uh, Mayor's Hurdle and, and uh, she's in the Hurdle there on, on Sunday um, but it was chasing that she was she was uh, made her name last season. Um, and yeah, to echo what what Andrew said, I I think latest exhibition is probably a lot of people's favorite horse in training without having to have a bet, just because he's such a good story with uh, Paul Nolan and the owners who who could have sold him on but decided to keep him and get a few other owners on board to keep him going. Brian Cooper, it's a real kind of comeback story. Um, I really wanted to win at Cheltenham last season, and I think if if he could develop into a, a top class novice chaser this season, I think that's one that could really grab the public's attention. So I'll be hoping he goes well in the in the Florida part as well. The big one at Punchestown, the two ten, the Margiana hurdle, Grade One. Yeah, we're Sound all. Law. Yeah, we're all talking about this Sound Law, and quite understandably, I mean, if it wins a Group One, then you can expect lots of bits of paper uh, updating. Odds on the champion hurdle, of course, with um, Epitanti yet to start his defence. And there's so many other that may make up into a champion hurdle. He has to win, really, I think, if he's going to, if all the hype is going to be uh, turned into reality. Uh, going to be quite testing. 
again, I'm, I caught up with Henry de Bromhead because he's going to run this chase in the Militants, who I thought ran a really decent race to be third at Down Royal. Ground's very different. Um, what does Henry think of chasing the Militants? It's a little bit quick back than I, quicker back than I normally would, but he's tough. And Paul said, Paul just felt he might have started to race a little bit sooner than he ideally wanted to. And uh, he said he took a good blow after the last. I thought with his flat run at Ferry House um, uh, when he won, um, that would have had him sort of spot on. But I had left him a little bit short and uh, have to blame Peter for his grind. Maybe that day it didn't <laughs> test him enough. But uh, we left him a little bit short. And uh, so he'll, he'll come on for his run the other day. And he is, you're right, he is, he's a good He's a good horse. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see him in the Morgiana. But I'm very much in the in the Sanwar camp. I think uh, the horse is potentially very exciting. Um, but let me mean, no daddy has, in my view, to win to justify the hype on Sunday. Mike Vince, I agree. I think he will win. I think his jumping needs to improve, but I think with a faster pace in this race, kind of jumping at times is a little bit sketchy the last day, but... You know, there was no there was no real signs that his jumping, you know, was 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 that bad in the county hurdle. I think faster pace uh, in this here. I, I you're probably going to say, where, where's the pace going to come from in here? That might be a bit of it. I know Course Sublime uh, was handy at Down Royal on his reappearance last season. Um, would Super Sunday go on and, and make it? Jason the Militants obviously there as well. But I would be definitely in the San Rock camp. I think Abracadabra's run. I know you might have. Slightly different views on this. I mean, I liked Abracadabra Sala last season. Um, Gordon Elliott's comments after Down Royal the last day wouldn't be the most encouraging. I thought, really, do we do we really have any excuses for Abracadabra's? Like, I think he won first time up last year. If he was going to be a champion hurdle contender, surely he should have been beating the opposition at Down Royal, wouldn't you, thought? I would have, yeah, you're right, Barry, but... Um... I, I I would tend to forgive him and give him another chance at least. Um, and it's more in the fact that I, I don't actually think St. Ra is that good or he hasn't shown himself to be as good as people are letting on. I mean, he's won a county hurdle off a mark of 137. I mean, uh, he won nicely the last day, but he beat Tigress River, a 50-1 to nine-year-old, by five lengths and won their life and a chaser and chosen me. I, I just don't really see the hype around St. Roy yeah, and I appreciate that the two mile hurdle division isn't exactly brimming with talent so I just think people jump all over one that is obviously huge connections JP a two mile hurdler for JP and a, a Willie Mullins horse but I just he could well win here but it's not the strongest looking race is it um, I definitely wouldn't be playing him at odds on for sure and um. <clears throat> Look, there's interesting ones there. Like, of course, the blind would be interesting on his first start for, for Girl Lock, and they've always taught a lot of him. And he went off only 12 to 1 for the champion hurdle last season. He's he's having a second start after a wind up. Sally is a pe- horse people love for some reason as well. Um, he obviously won this race last year coming off a break. Uh, he he would probably be um, appeal to me more his price than St. Raw if he was to run against them seen as he's, he's got the grade one form in the book and he won here coming off a break last season Super Sunday is, is uh, one of my favourite horses in training I just think a 10 now 
and over this trip is it might just be a bit of a push for him and he, he usually needs the, his runs at the start of the season probably more so now that he's 10 but sadly if he ran against St. Ra I don't think he should be 5-1 to one and St. Ra 10-11 to 11. I, I think that's a probably way too big of a discrepancy uh, between the two um, I probably want to be against St. Ra even if he does win here uh, in the long term especially in the time in hurdle market but uh, as you say it's an interesting race and we'll, we'll see how it pans out you're just on the whole San Ra thing, you know, I suppose the fact that Aramon, Aramon comes out and does what he won so impressively at Galway. And the other thing on the from the Abacadabra side of things is I'm not so sure he wants, you know, soft to heavy ground. And then you come down the field and Saldier. Yeah, he won well here last season, but that's, that's the only thing. And, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a stronger race. Would you? I, I, I think it's going to be a, a small field again, maybe four horses. Yeah, they might, mightn't go that fast. Would you want to be taking odds on St. Rob? Yeah, no, I, 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 Saldier last year, beating Classical Dream, who, who, who we know I suppose disappointed afterwards. Petty Mouchoir, in fairness, held his level of form. If I was going to go, I suppose, and back anything against the ones at the top of the market, it would be course sublime. As you said, second time off a wind up. Andrew I presume you're in the same raw camp. You probably wouldn't be piling in at that price, I presume. Uh, yeah, look, I I think I, like I'm I'm one of the people that's probably with, with the hype with San Juan, but I I get what Ronan's getting at. Um, what I couldn't understand was he was twenty to one at the start of the season for the champion early. He won at Tipperary, um, and was then shortened to ten to one, which was probably an overreaction in itself. And I looked at the market the other day; he's now into seven to one. He hasn't done anything since Tipperary, so I can't understand how he's shortening the betting even more. Uh, I think he will win on, on the weekend. Oh, I don't know why I say it. I just uh, I think it's going to be a three or four runner race. I can't see Abacadabras running, uh, personally. I certainly can't see Super Sunday running after last week. Um, I think it could end up being maybe San Juan, Saldier, Corsa Blime and Jason the Militant, of which I'd assume... Well, you'd want San Juan to be winning if he's going to be winning a champion hurdle, and probably on soft to heavy ground, I'd um, I'd be cheering on Jason the Militant to to close him home. I think he ran very well. Uh, I think he's a better horse actually than Course of Lime personally. Uh, I think he wants real soft ground as as he showed last last year when he beat Beacon Edge uh, at Nace, I think it was, and it was a pretty good run the other day uh, in, in just in. Uh, behind Aspar Taran with Abacadabras so hopefully Samwa wins but uh, I probably wouldn't be piling in at the price as it is and can I throw one in as well I mean I think one that went into my eyes and it's interesting that Patrick Mullins rides it again on Saturday in the bumper let's be clear about it it's not one of his dads it's Gavin Cromwell's and uh, I liked him last time out on Davy, and he runs again on Saturday Mike, we'll stay with you. Nap and MB at the weekend. Um, I'm going to chance it here. I'm going to nap Sewer Deluxe in the Paddy Power Gold Cup on Saturday. Um, although, because I think the big breakaway he runs will be no sort of price, whatever. Um, and I will go next best on a horse, actually, of Harry Whittington's that runs at Weatherby um, on Saturday called Torini. First run since coming from France, James Bowen rides, been off the track a long time, and it's a Swede and uh, McNeil horse, and they don't normally bring horses over from France, 
that are less than um, pretty useful. So Torini for me, uh, probably give the mother-in-law the Christmas present, hopefully, and give her a few quid on that. <laughs> Ron and Groom, Nap and MB. Yeah, um, Nap, Slate House, um, I just think he's a, I just think he's way too big of a price. Um, and next best of all, uh, Kilfillam Cross in the 110 Cheltenham on, on Saturday as well. Lovely hurling. See me give, Car- give Carlo a bit of a game in hurling there recently, Roman. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't asked him about Trump, have we? It's gone to it's gone to, it's gone to court, Mike. Not decided yet. And Fair, of course, haven't paid out yet. So um, we'll just have to wait and see how that one develops. No more politics. Andrew Blair White. Nothing in the weekend. Um, probably an odd place to be to be getting your nap uh, tomorrow uh, at Suddle. There's a jumps card. The three twenty five. Uh, there's a horse called Undela Senier running, uh, owned by a few of my friends over in England. Uh, they're very disappointed. They thought she'd go very close last time. She almost fell at the first, had to be pulled up immediately. Uh, she's opened up 13 to 2. I can guarantee she'll go off uh, less than 13 to 2. Uh, so that would be my nap. Uh, next best, stay in trouble. Do the best in the penny bar. You're one loyal man, Andrew Blair White. Um, nap for me, lads. Rouge Viv. I stick with what I said. I think he does make up into a champion chess contender now. Whether he gets near Shakan Porsois and Jabir White, I'm not so sure. But I think he wins this weekend, and I think he, I think, I think he's a very good bet. They're at two to one still. And the next best, Ronagun. What's the horse I couldn't pronounce? Sebastopol. Yes. Stick up, pronounce it. Sebastopol, um, <laughs> 10 to 1. Sorry, 12 to 1 uh, for Tom Lacey. Good value, lads. I, I, listen, I, I, was, it was, I was between him and Sarah Delac, but I'm going to go with Tom Lacey's horse here, just in case I can't pronounce it again. I think he is a good bet each way. Uh, a good stiff two miles around Cheltenham. Uh, you know, 1 4 1. I think he's, he, he, he could be off a nice, nice mark here. Johnny Burke as well. Be nice to see him get. In the, in the Saturday's winner's enclosure at Cheltenham. But lads, listen, that concludes the weekend preview. It was a bit of a, a blockbuster special here with Cheltenham, the open meeting, and also the Margiana Hurdle and Punchestown on Sunday. If you have enjoyed the show and you ha- are not subscribed, please do so. Like and comment below your selections, of course, this weekend. And follow us on our journey this season. Every Thursday, Champtony delivered ultimate racing experience. And thanks very much to the guys again. We'll see you next week on Thursday.